I'm really sore. Are you? Yeah. How did you do? Okay, hold on. Let's let's um let's do this okay. whole thing we're supposed to do. Um, <laughs> welcome to the OFX podcast. I'm Dave Claxton, and along with me, as always, is our championship chasing chickadee, Bethany McChesney. <laughs> and this episode is brought to you by Duonamic, creator of door frame pull up things that are hard to say and easy to use. All right. Um. It's just kind of a slogan. I, I, they don't endorse that slogan whatsoever. I just say it. <laughs> I like it. So yeah, I'm sore. <laughs> yeah. So what was the hardest part? Was it the lunges? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Because of where they were at, they were definitely the hardest parts. I think if you were to separate it on their own, then the thrusters would have been the hardest part. But because the lunges were the very last thing right after the thrusters, that made it difficult. So, um, and how far did you have to go? It wasn't that far. It was, um, I think, forty meters in total. Oh, okay. I saw the I saw some video, and it looked like you had to go the length of the soccer field. No, 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 not for that one. It was about forty meters. Yeah, so about forty meters. Okay. So it was like twenty meters out, twenty meters back. Uh, oh, okay. But you could only stop on the five meter lines. So oh. if, you, if you didn't make it to the line, you'd have to go all the way back to the previous line. Mm. And actually, we'll talk about that in, in a sec where that kind of came into play. But um, so just, a, yeah, I'll give you a quick course layout. So it was, and for anyone listening, we did RH1 this weekend. Yay. And had a great time. But I uh, started with a 4K run, roughly 2K uphill with about 750 feet of elevation gain. And then the 2K straight back down. Um for me, that was something I did not perform as well as normal on. I did good on the climb, but on the way down, I was just still tentative with the leg and a little mm. cautious and too cautious. And at a spot where normally I would gain some ground and maybe build a, a bit of gap, I ended up trailing a bit and having mm. to make up. So anyway, we go from there down onto the field and then right into field stuff, um, roughly 100 meter sled push. Uh, I would say, I think it was about 100 and it said 180 pounds. I don't know if that's quite accurate, but let's say 150 to 180. Uh, so that was pretty, pretty taxing right after the run. Then after that was a, it's like a sled drag. So you put a harness on and dragged a big heavy sled. I don't know how much that weighed, but it was, a, it was a good heavy drag. Had to lean into it pretty good. Same thing, 100 meters of that. Then you had to do 100 meters of devil presses with one of those. You ever see like the strongman logs? Yeah, with the handles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, I don't know exact weight, but it wasn't super heavy. I would say maybe, let's call it between 55 and 65 pounds, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. So every 10 meters or so, you would do a devil press with it and then have to walk with it in the rack position. It was a little different for the other divisions. They had to use dumbbells and they had to, and I think it was really kind of funny because I think it was harder for them because although the dumbbells were lighter, they had to carry them overhead as opposed to in the rack position. So I'm like, uh, so there's no rest at all. Yeah. So that was hard. Anyway, so that, um, and then, yeah, that was the field. Then we went to the rig and I did love these, these toes to rope. So I was not certain how it would work out, but you had to climb the rope. For, uh, for expert division climb the rope 15 feet tap the top of the rig and then you come back down and you could come off the rope i didn't think you'd be able to at first you could come off the rope but then you had to go back on and you did toes to rope so you'd have to bring your toes up over your hands and then back down you know past the plane of the rope and uh so it was one climb five toes to rope five sets of that and quite frankly, for me, I made a huge move there. Yeah. Went from trailing really badly to catching right up to the leaders. Mm -hmm. um, just smashed that. And then we went into pull-ups and toes to bar, kind of held my own there. And then box jumps, and I started to fall apart there. One, I'm not great. It was the 30-inch box jumps, and I'm still not the best at box jumps. Oh, yeah. But lost a little ground there. Oh, oh, and for forgot before the box jumps was the 
50 pound slam ball ground to overhead 30 mm-hmm. of those which again that was that was that was pretty straightforward pretty easy but box jumps had lost a lot of ground and then by the time i got on the bar after the box jumps it, the ship had sailed <laughs> you know it was yeah. like it was too late to make up that ground like i would have had to go unbroken and i still don't know if that would have been enough and that just wasn't going to happen and mm-hmm. i was really hot <laughs> it was really really hot mm-hmm. So I was hot. I had gone over the hour marker, which is when I right now tend to fall off a cliff. Um, and uh, yeah, but it was a great race. Like it was awesome. Um, yeah, you missed it. You should have uh, I know, I know. Some some of the things that did come up. So last time we went to our RX1 race, there was some issues with the judging on the ring rows. Mm-hmm. And I thought after that, what the, the last thing RX1 is going to do is bring back Ring Rose for the next event. But they did. Brought it right back. And they were much more stringent on the judging. And it seemed to go a lot better. Yeah. So where were the Ring Rose instead of the toes to rope? Um, instead of the pull-ups for the lower oh, division. Okay. Yeah. And then the toes to rope for the lower division, what they had was like a rope get-up followed by five sit-ups. Okay. I think at, for most people in that one, in that those divisions, that kind of provided a bit of a rest. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was good. So, I mean, that was well done. They had the hired judges again for mm-hmm. for that, and so it it all went really well. It was well set up. Play. It looked like a spectacular first class setup. Mm-hmm. And important thing is, we had an OFX tent setup, so we had some shade, and we looked really cool, like we belonged, rather than running around <laughs> trying to figure out where to sit down. So we had our own <laughs> thing going on. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, like, you know, I like to point out a lot of flaws, but there wasn't much to point out that they did wrong. Um, yeah. They had beautiful weather and a good layout. Um, yeah, I think for one thing for the expert, if I'm nitpicking the the sled push and then that drag, they were a little kind of similar. Maybe it could have been a little bit something different. I maybe because the lower divisions, instead of that uh, harness drag, they had farmers carry, well, a hex bar carry which essentially is a farmer's carry i think yeah. i would have went with that instead just stayed with a, a heavy carry there yeah especially because you know so now it, you're getting a heavy carry and then all that grip stuff after though yeah yeah it's a lot of grip in it yeah which i liked and i think kind of kept me in it <laughs> yeah because <laughs> uh I so probably, did you podium nah nah no <laughs> nah <laughs> um no i think I would have had to have a really, really good run because uh, they, they were good. They ran. It was just really good competition. So I would have had to have a really good run, which I didn't. And even then, it wouldn't have been a sure thing. Like, they were just really good competition that day for my division. So yeah, it is what it is. Uh, I was happy with how it, things went. Aside from the downhill on the run, I was happy with everything else. And I mean, like, I, I once I knew where there was nowhere, you know, once I knew I couldn't catch the podium and then no one behind me was going to catch me i kind of just mailed it in on the on the on the barbell section and just you know it was still hard and i was still tired and hot but i didn't and push like i probably could have or should have mm-hmm. but it was just kind of nothing's happening here right i'm not going i'm not going up i'm not going down i am where i am i'm there i you know it's like i guess the equivalent of when you're running in a you know in a, in a, in a spartan race you can't see anyone in front of you you can't see anyone behind you you're yeah. just kind of on your own so yeah it's really hard to race like that when you end up in no man's land yeah i mean have you ever had that like i'm sure you have but what do you do yeah that happened to me in tromblant this year like the women's field was so small to begin with and for the first two hours or so i was with a couple of ladies um and then um colleen coxon made a big move at one point on a climb and yeah, and then I didn't see anybody for probably 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know. I could be doing okay. Right Might be on the right course. Those Maybe she'll start... come back to me. I don't know. Maybe she'll start to question if you're on the right course too, right? Like, did I go on yeah. in the wrong spot? Yeah. It's so hard. It's so hard to race that way. That is one of the reasons though I like those shorter races too, right? Like you're yeah or or even like longer ultra stuff when it's a short loop like when we did the when we did platinum rig you yeah. know you're always with somebody there was always somebody around right oh yeah at least you can see someone yeah and this one too it was so much bushwhacking like you just couldn't see anything oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah wow. those ones at least you can kind of gauge like you know there's people around but and probably the highlight of the weekend um 
so we have said before we have started doing some training bethany and i as uh, so ofx training and one of our one of our people john cross the awesome john cross was there and john let's he's put a little backstory so last year john went to this rx1 race the same race the championship one for his first time and he had just this great battle with uh martin uh, I, i'm sorry i can't remember martin's last name out right away sorry yeah we're not gonna go with that <laughs> <laughs> so can't remember martin's right now but he's a great guy and him and john had an epic battle and martin came out on top on that one and then through this year john was back for three more races this year and martin got him on everyone so John has been training really hard, pushed really hard, really focused on this. And again, he and Martin just went at it. And these guys were toe to toe through the whole thing. There was never a time where it looked like they came down on the run and John ran that downhill like a madman, <laughs> pulled a gap and then came in there and was, and was going. And, and Martin, Martin looked beat right off the run. He looked crushed, but he would not quit. And he made ground up again. Every time it looked like he was going to die off, he came back, he came back again. And then they were both, it was finally like we were just screaming for John, like go. And it was so exciting. And everybody's cheering for both of the, these two have become like this little RX1 legend against each other. Oh, awesome. And, um, you know, they got onto the lunges and John was ahead on the lunges. Probably, again, he had to go, you'd have to go the five meters. So John was feeling good and he went, 10 meters so he went you know he didn't drop put the bar down he went you know, 10 meters unbroken and then he set the bar down and then the judge is like no now you got to go back two not just one and we're like everybody's like no what? no no it doesn't make any sense and john was like what the hell man and because martin is coming you know he's yeah. coming behind him and we're like john just just go you can't argue like just just go just go and he picks it back up and he goes and he he anyway he um Martin did not have enough left in the tank to make a move and John polished it off and come across the line and I mean it just collapsed in the biggest heap he left. <laughs> I mean you know what it's like when you run a good race and you leave everything out there yeah and that's truly what he did he left everything he had out there put every bit of fight in him and I mean I have very few times I can think of where I've seen anybody fight so hard mm -hmm. and uh, he did he came out on top he he won uh, won that division and uh, 55 plus uh intermediate division so it was a very big one for him we're very excited we're all really proud of him and uh thank you john for making us look good i mean it's <laughs> very 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 helpful but yeah he he does those are the best races and to win a race where it's so close and you don't know until you cross the finish line if you have it or not those are the best ones to win it's not as fun when you just run away with it no, and a year in the making too, right? Like, you know, yeah. especially having like- he probably dreamt about <laughs> this a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I mean like four in a row, this guy has has got him and, it, yeah. and it, it didn't look like it was getting closer, but I think, you know, again, John was, was fit. He was ready to go. And he also come onto a, a course that suited him with that downhill. That downhill, I think, and this just shows you sometimes, even though Martin is a very fit guy, on the downhill, John was more skilled and, and a better runner downhill. And I think what happened was not only did John put time on him there, but then Martin decided, I'm going to try to keep up. And, uh, and yeah. he went beyond himself. And I think that's... Instead of running his own race. Yeah, I think that's what did it. Yeah. John, John ran a smarter race and he, you know, he, he ran a better race and he was, he was fit to go. So that was awesome. It was just another great experience, another great RH1 camping trip and people were amazing like i said i mean the last time i pointed out some faults then on the last race and this one was tough to do yes there were judging mistakes yes there was stuff there always were. always yeah but there was not some i did not see something that was like a, an epidemic throughout there as a problem yeah constantly, right so good for them good fun we will be back next year um my plan is to sign up for the entire ottawa region because a little bit closer of a drive Mm -hmm. probably save two hours of travel travel each race and that's yeah and they still have another one in september yeah, they do have an all-star race in september um sadly yeah. we won't be able to go to that one due to a schedule conflict but yeah, yeah it's, it's an all-star race and it'll be great too i mean they really pull stuff out and the, the pro waves too those 
Yeah, I, I got a couple invites to that one, actually, and it's all in French again, so I have to <laughs> wait and then put it into my Google Translate. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, are you thinking of going? Are you available for that one? Well, September's so busy. Like, OCR Worlds is the focus, so. And then that's that's actually. And Sylvie's race. You're not a race, because that's Sylvie's yeah. race, so, <laughs> which we'll get to later on. Yeah. Okay. And um, so we'll get to that later on, but uh, definitely is the schedule of conflict. Uh, so we can't mm. make it, unfortunately. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about was High Rocks Championship video finally came out on YouTube, which I think if you're in Canada was the first we could see it because we don't get yeah. ESPN. I don't think anywhere here gets ESPN2. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't get it. I could not get it. You can pay, like, um, I've done it before to watch a couple world majors for the marathon, but, um, yeah, you have to pay. All right. So initially, so we did see, and you got to watch it? I did watch it, yeah. Okay, what were your thoughts on it? Um, I always love when they do a production for this type of racing because it doesn't get shown enough. Um, yeah, they did a good job. They kept it pretty condensed. Um, I At first, I was like, oh, are they only going to talk to the top three, which they did. And that's fine. I think it would have been cool to do like maybe less of a person and maybe a little bit more of some of the other athletes. Like even I mentioned Lauren Weeks, who again, she ran, you know, eight months pregnant and to do a little bit, you know, she's the previous world record, I mean, world championship winner, world record holder, you know, a little bit more of some of the athletes, but I mean, I loved it. They do a great job. The whole production of High Rocks is just phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I see. I was, I was hot and cold on it. Like, yeah. So right off the start, and I mean, this was, this is not a, a, a knock on it, but the Hunter part rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> okay i it was interesting it was cheesy it was really cheesy and that and to me having spoke with hunter and and see that's that's i don't know that came across to me as hunter's online persona not who he really is hunter is not well, i feel also like they edit it they edit it in a little way also to make it a little bit more um like to exaggerate some of the things that he said that were kind of goofy mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and that's the thing like hunter is a very intelligent trainer right he he doesn't do things with but he's not just out chopping trees like he has a very very smart plan and he's doing mm -hmm. everything very calculated and i thought mm -hmm. i would have liked to have seen that side of him not the i'm in my overalls shorts with my axe chopping trees and that's all I do like I know well and I, I thought it was interesting too the way they edited it to point out the contradictions and what he was saying and I again they, I think they did it on purpose because one minute he'd be saying I don't train I just chop wood for weeks on end and then the next minute he's like I put on social media so everyone knows how hard I train and then he'll say I just do it now because I need to buy a house and then the next minute he's saying that I compete because it ignites my soul. Like they literally went from like one thing to saying the next thing, almost like it was almost like they were mocking him a little bit, like yeah. in, in his contradictions and the way he was speaking. Um, and then the other thing was he said how he was talking about how he doesn't think that he's fitter than his competitors. He just has the mind game nailed down. And then the next was him saying, um, I need to post to make sure that my competitors know that I'm in the best shape of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again. So like I said, that part kind of rubbed me a bit the wrong way. Yeah. Like I've talked to this man and he is not this guy, the guy that I talked no. to much more cerebral, much more knows what he's doing and isn't, yeah. you know, it is not, not, you know, yeah, he's playing mind games and he's definitely racing a mental race, mm -hmm. but he's, yeah, he's the guy that I talked to is much smarter than the guy that oh the, yeah and you know yeah. so that's why i say i'm not knocking hunter i think hunter is a very smart guy and and definitely the best there is but it's just yeah i didn't like the that. way um, they edited it and it was the first it was the first athlete they showcased too and it was a significant amount of time yes. in the documentary yeah and and that was the other thing was one i totally agree with lauren i'm like and and you saw lots of shots of her running and i'm like 
how can we not be addressing this? Like, right. like people who do not know the sport are going to see there's a very pregnant woman running there. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And who, and they showed a couple of shots too, where like she's in the lead group. Yeah. Cause she so was. <laughs> I think that that would have been addressing it. I'm, I thought this is ESPN that puts this together. I'm like, like wouldn't a 30, 30 kind of deal on Lauren be amazing where they just talked about her whole year going through winning the U S championships yeah. and setting the world record. Mm-hmm. And then like, that would be a great story mm-hmm. i think that that was a mistake for them to omit that and miss out on a chance to really put out such an amazing story mm-hmm. you know so that one um and then i was a little unsure as to what it was like how it fit where is this a documentary about high rocks where we're telling you what high rocks is or is this a documentary telling us how the world championship went mm-hmm. and and so i was a little bit wishy-washy on that um i would have almost liked two shows where one was this is high rocks these are the people going in it these are our competitors and focus more on more athletes even mm-hmm. you know let's yeah. let's let's hear about rich ryan and, and dylan and and you know um more more of the the women and stuff from europe and some of the guys from europe like you know just more about everybody you know um michael sandbach from england like he had a really cool story about getting there and everything so I would like to see more of that. And then a separate one kind of showing how the race itself went start to finish, you know, not just quick, here we go, here we go. And she won. Um, yeah. So that stuff kind of got me. I did think they did a great job with Chris, Chris Roglowski. She came off really well. Yeah. And um, yeah, hers was, re- and I thought Viola's was really well done too. Yeah, well, really all the other kind of individual... Well, see, and hers, actually, they did show, because she said, this is where High Rocks began. Yeah. And she talked about how they used to do it in the field there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, cool. I didn't know that. I'm still dying to talk to Viola one day. Like, I chat with her every now and again online, and um, we've constantly been meaning to have a phone call to see if the language barrier is too much to get through or not. Yeah. But I just think she must have some great insight as to, like you said, the beginnings of stuff and how it all, all, all got started. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just, I'm, I've always been a big fan of hers. I think she's a fantastic athlete and I think she'd be a, a great person to talk to if only I knew German or she was better at English. Right. So maybe if someone knows German and English, maybe we could have a fourth party to do some translations. Maybe, maybe one day we'll have to invite Flo back and get uh, Flo and Yeah. 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 So that's um yeah, I I other than that, I mean I was glad to see it get some some airtime, some love, and I hope the numbers went well on ESPN and I hope that brings more because I was thinking about it today and I thought, okay, so you have these criticisms. Did it make you want to try and go and do a race? That was the big question. So I'll ask you first, did you did did the did it make you want to go and do a race? Yes. <laughs> but I love I love I mean, that's it is kind of shooting fish in a barrel, but you know. I know, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the type of person that I love competing in anything, but I, I think it, it did a really good job of showcasing how awesome the production of High Rocks is. Yeah. And they probably do that better than any oh. of the hybrid racing that I've ever seen. So for that, yeah, High Rocks is worth it production value i can't think of any like they do they do it better than crossfit they do mm-hmm. an amazing job on their production value and mm-hmm. and and the atmosphere and stuff i think they have nailed that beyond anybody and i think that's partly why they get such good sponsors and and things like that i i really think they, they'll they'll i think they're going to grow more and i think they'll do really well fingers yeah. crossed even though it is a bit of a slower start in north america than it says is is in Europe or in, and definitely in the UK. Again, again, I think Birmingham is like months out and they're 95% sold out. Wow. Like, wow, I, they do such a good job. Yeah, and that's not a, it's not a championship race. I don't think it's a paid race. You know, a pay, yeah. it's just a, it's a regular one. And I'm like, the UK is killing it. They're, they're yeah. buying in big time. Yeah. Well, and I really like to when, so the race organizer was talking about the world championships and how he wanted to give it. And I I think it speaks to also to the people that are organizing these events. So one of them, he said, so he was a three-time Olympian Mm -hmm. and they wanted to give people that same type of experience. So they had 
um, the ceremony, like the country ceremony where you walked in with your flag and to give people that type of feel, like most of us, we're not going to the Olympics, but to give people that same type of feeling. And so giving people the, like that experience and the feelings of those major type championship events is really what their focus was with this one and I think they nailed it and that's the type of thing where people want to go back to that so although some people criticize events like High Rocks and DECA because the race itself is always the same but I think that experience and the feeling they get from these events is just incomparable to other races and yeah. they they nailed that and I think they did a really good job showing that and every athlete that's been there that I talked to or have heard interviews from uh especially um um uk hxr which is a, a podcast in uk that covers the hybrid racing great job emk he does an awesome job with it um the people i've listened to that he's interviewed it's the same thing most most of the european athletes and english athletes have all been like just the opening ceremonies was so awesome and all that stuff mm -hmm. and did you notice i did see there was a canadian flag so there must have been at least one canadian there i don't know who <laughs> <laughs> Some guy was there from Canada. If anybody knows who he is, please send him <laughs> yeah. our way. God, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I could dig through the results and find out, but, um, and maybe I will, but I know that we were not well represented because numbers wise, yeah. this man may have done very, very well, may have won mm -hmm. his age group, but um, I know numbers wise, we were rep represented well, just because so few Canadians have been able to cross the border and do high rocks events yet. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess, you know, I was kind of down on it at first. But maybe I was being overly critical and just need to take it as a little more of a celebration and and just mm -hmm. glad that they got some good publicity and some proper TV time, which hopefully leads to more. Yeah. Yeah. And it is good for those athletes too. Like it's been hard for athletes who make this their full-time gig over the last few years. Like, you know, Ryan Kent, um, picked up another job and so it's good for them to get that type of publicity but again back into the sport and what they do because they work so hard why is ups not throwing a sponsorship at that guy i mean seriously <laughs> what the hell is your problem ups that's a good question well do they though do they help him with his i think they give him some time off but that's it but i'm like come on like they used to throw millions at nascar like yeah, give this guy a couple of grand. Well, and it's kind of a cool story too. Like, um, you know how in Ninja Warrior, how they kind of have their like shtick, like the weatherman or something yeah, like yeah. that. So like, he could use that maybe. If he run in like the brown shorts, yeah, like that they wear all the time <laughs> that the UPS guys wear the famous brown shorts. I think yeah, that'd be good. I think it'd be, I think that'd go over well. Well, he's posted videos of himself training in his uniform. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. No time to change when you're on a tight schedule. Newborn baby, full-time job. Got to get those packages there on time. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Yeah, yeah. I would like to, hopefully, eventually, because I mean, I don't know. I would think that would be pretty easy for UPS to throw him a couple of bucks. and, and Yeah. You know, even if it, I mean, hey, he was on ESPN, right? He could have been wearing his... UPS hat. I mean, he mentioned them, but he could have been wearing the whole garb. Could have done his brown short workout. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you throw them into High Rocks Worlds wearing the brown shorts with the UPS logo on the side of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, well, let's get to our guest. We do finally have Sylvie, who has uh, finally returned from her silliness of having a baby or whatever the hell she was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so here we have Sylvie. Let's talk about North of Seven. Well, um, so like we've had some excuses before about like not coming on or delaying or whatever, but the whole like, I'm having a baby. Like, <laughs> that's that's kind of lame. I know, I know. Super lame. And I took like four days off. <laughs> <laughs> four, took yeah. four days off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's actually pretty crazy like how quickly they just like let you leave the hospital with your child <laughs> like, all right see ya <laughs> good luck you're, you're completely unprepared don't you oh yeah for sure yeah after the first day they were like okay you're free to go home 
And they were like, you're welcome to stay one more night if you'd like. I was like, yeah, I'm going to stay one more night. <laughs> you're not ready. <laughs> so I did. And then, yeah, I felt good about that decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember when my kids were little, it's like they send you home and you're like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> this is an irresponsible decision on your part to send me home with a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was actually like really pleasantly surprised and pleased at like how good the experience at the hospital was, like education wise. Like they like really like set us up for success before we left like they really were like great at like teaching us like how like how to latch for breastfeeding how to like bathe your baby how to like everything to look for and like they were just like they were great so I, I left like actually being like oh all right let's let's go do this so we should probably do like the introduction thing it's Sylvie hi yeah. <laughs> and yes uh, Sylvia has just had a baby what's what's the baby's name just so Bo. Bo. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Bo Broser. Nice. And I imagine everybody is very healthy, happy, and excited. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty crazy how quickly babies adapt to their new environment. Like, nuts. And how quickly, like, the, our, my body is, like, healing from getting him just, like, cut out of my abdomen. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's something you guys could probably both speak about. I mean, like being, you both went through that as fit people. Mm -hmm. Like the recovery has got to be a lot better. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Sylvia and I, we would have different experiences too. Like I, I, I didn't have cesareans and um, I had natural home birth. So um, yeah, it's just, it's so wild. Like you're carrying a human one moment and then the next you're, you're you're holding this human and it's yeah it's so crazy but yeah being being fit and exercising through your pregnancy makes such a big difference I was up and walking and moving around for within you know 24 48 hours which again if you have cesareans it's not quite the same but yeah it's it's so remarkable what the body does though yeah for sure yeah we like it's kind of like weird because it's like it's just your abdomen but like you use it for like everything but like if you have like strength and like decent mobility you can kind of like find ways to still kind of like do everything without like hurting it too much but it's definitely like a, a weird experience like Bethany said like one moment you know you have a human inside of you and it's gonna come out to be a human but like until it's like there it's like it's like yeah it's crazy I still can't believe we made him like it's great <laughs> I can't even put together things from Ikea and I made this yeah it's wild so shockingly we didn't invite you on to talk about babies but um you know you know it is what it is um mm -hmm. But before we get to like exactly why we wanted to talk, um, let's go back because we've never actually had you on. We never got a chance to talk to you before. It was, you know, when we started up and everything COVID was going on and you weren't, you weren't competing and stuff. So let's take us back because my first interaction was actually with both you and Bethany was at the same time was when you guys did the OC, sorry, Obstacle Sports Canada little shootout thing and we're competing head to head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to this day, it really still isn't official who won, is it? <laughs> no. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Our video cut out, and then it was like uh, it was. I think I don't know. I would, if Bethany's cool with it, I would say I would be very happy with the tie. But <laughs> I don't know how Bethany feels. I don't know how Bethany feels about it. I yeah. I think we called it a tie in the end. <laughs> Well, hopefully one day down the road, you can have the tiebreaker someday, someday soon. But um, yeah, yeah. that'd so, be nice. I'm very much looking forward to being able to train again. <laughs> I'm very jealous watching all of Bethany's videos. I'm, I'm training vicariously through her. <laughs> so you went back, like, let's go back to kind of your roots, right? You started in OCR 
back when? When what was your how did you get into this game? I got into OCR. Um, I don't know like what year it would have been now, but like a while back. Uh, my first introduction to it was when I went to it was then called Alpha Obstacle Training. And so Jesse Bruce's uh, first gym in, in Toronto. And they would put on like little, like small OCR events and stuff like that for their, for their members. And then, uh, so like I participated in that and I was like, oh, I'm an athlete. Like I, I got this, like I was going to crush this. And then I was just like, holy shit, this is so humbling because I was like, yeah, not used to like running longer distances. And I was just like, oh man, like I, I really did terribly but I was like wanted to you know get better at it and Jesse was like oh a bunch of us we travel to these races like we all go together and we stay in houses and we compete and I think my first OCR like my first official like OCR race was like the X-Man race I don't know if you guys have ever done those but they're pretty pretty fun pretty well put on events um and then I progressed to Spartan racing <laughs> and then yeah then I just yeah I just kept wanting to get better and kept you know meeting more people that went to races and just kept doing it and getting better at it and yeah the x-men that was out of montreal and i think they were supposed to do one down in the toronto area and i don't think it ever happened i remember i think signing up for it and then it got switched around or whatever i feel like there's one like coming up like soon like i think they're still doing them I think so. Quebec's always got that strong OCR scene. Yeah, for sure. I've always been very envious. I mean, we seem to be out there way more than we needed to or than we should be. Mm -hmm. It's like every other weekend I'm going out to Montreal. But they just have such good stuff going on there and we have so little. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of why we're, well, we're also, we're not Toronto area. We're three hours away. I that's why we're doing what we're doing so like my partner and I purchased um, 96 acres of land out here um, with the intention of doing that putting on more events that are kind of closer to like bigger city centers but also uh, able to host people here um, with like camping accommodations and glamping accommodations and whatnot have like frequent series and events and stuff out here all right so so the basics the basis and the reason we are is because you're this is going to be your first event right yeah so on september 10th we're hosting the north of seven challenge so it's a three kilometer obstacle course race um with a fun run option of course um and then a two hour indoor challenge which is as many loops of the three kilometer course as possible in in the two hours um and so yeah we're pretty pretty pumped about it yeah so you gotta lay it out okay what kind of because you know i'm like a course geek here so you can lay out what kind of terrain are we looking at yeah is a lot of elevation is it more like kind of bike trails give me some specifics yeah yeah so it's it's not very hilly but it's also not flat um it's also there's some technical sections in it um but there are some really nice like flat smooth parts because some of the course is part of uh the OFSD snowmobile trail so it's like big wide trails um and like they're some parts are like high needles and super soft and flowy and then some parts are a little bit like muddier and some parts have you know a bunch of like rooty stuff that's like makes you go a little bit slower and a little more technical um we're doing like a kind of like a ridge run kind of around the pond where you kind of like have to like go down and and uh try to not fall in the pond (laughs) basically um and yeah, so it's like, it's going to be like, I think for, for experienced OCR runners, it's going to be a pretty fast course um, because it is relatively flat, but it's like sneaky incline where like it, it's, it's just like really gradual 
um, but like not fully flat. But it's beautiful. It's like unlogged forest that we've created trails in. So you kind of like go through different sections where you feel like, oh, this is neat. <laughs> like there's like, like it's wild. Like it's really wild. Like it's not like a, like a perfectly groomed like uh, trail, but it's also like very runnable. Like very, like it's it's not, it's not. I'm biased because we made it, but <laughs> but it's a nice it's a nice running trail for sure. Be kind of comparable to like something like we used to do at Duntroon. Um. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, they had like a lot more like uh, like open. If I can remember, yeah. a couple of years, but like really like spaces. I felt like fields and stuff, which is not like that. But I also could be wrong. I don't really. I actually do remember some parts under that where they had like some more like foresty stuff, where I think it might be like that. That's cool. Yeah. And and obstacles. What are we looking at for obstacles? You had platinum rig involved. Yes. So we have a platinum rig. Um, we have this like standard like seven foot wall. Um, we'll have like some. We've got a bunch of tires. We haven't exactly figured out what we're doing with them, but we're gonna <laughs> do something spicy with them. Um, we have a spear throw. We have a log chop which for people who are used to chopping wood will be really easy, but I have a feeling that some of our city flickers are going to get stuck there. <laughs> um, some carries. Uh, we have uh, our, our, uh, our signature North of Seven obstacle um, that's going to get built with the help of some some local builders in our local hardware store so we're like tbd we're not exactly sure what it's gonna be um but but we feel like we need like uh a, an obstacle that's like unique to our race so we're gonna have that um you know crawl uh like mom made us some spears so we're gonna try to find a way to do it maybe like moving targets or something <laughs> spice it up a little bit and so are you gonna have like so you say there's a 3k and then there's obviously an open thing and then there's the enduro one is it all competitive are you gonna have like age groups or are you just gonna have like a competitive series and open and just go from that to start simple yeah, so it's just right now it's just competitive and open. Um, we will definitely um, categorize like age groups and stuff like that, and shout out the the podiums for the for the age groups. But as far as the cash prizes go, they are just for the top finishers in the three uh, k competitive, and then the two hour endure uh challenge um but yeah that's so, so it is also an ocrwc qualifier so the top five finishers from the 3k competitive male and female will qualify for the pro division for ocrwc for this year or next year their choice and oh, then cool. the top top 10 finishers in the two-hour indoor challenge male and female will qualify for OCRWC for this year or, or next year if they choose to, because it's so close to it this year. So if they can't make it, then they can choose to use it towards next year. Yeah, that's really cool. Because I was thinking that when I read that, I'm like, OCRWC qualifier, that's cool and all, but it, most people are either in or they're not at this point. So that you can use it for next yeah. year. Awesome. And, yeah. And will it just be for the pro or is there a standard for the age group too? I might've missed you say that. Um. So... Uh, OCRWC is not doing uh, competitive this year. They're only doing the pro. So um, I'm not sure if they're going to have it back next year, but it would be a cool thing if you're looking to qualify for pro and they bring that competitive next year and you could qualify for, for pro this year. So <laughs> that would be a, a bonus. That's not too bad. And then 
for penalties and stuff like that are you mandatory completion is there penalties yeah yeah so it's mandatory obstacle completion so you can try as many times as you want to complete it um no penalties no penalty loops um of course if, and, and like we want so it is like a an introduction to obstacle course racing for a, a lot of people out here who have never done anything like it so we wanted the obstacles to be like very doable um so we're not trying to like create these like next levels that are gonna like just like rip people's souls out <laughs> like that's not the kind of race that we're doing we want them to be like where you can come out and like if you're going super hard they're, they're challenging especially if you're doing the two hour indoor challenge like the rig's going to be quite long and like you know it's going to get hard like as the race goes on but like we want it to be like a fun competition where like you can really like push yourself and go hard and like and like it's like a pleasant experience like we're not trying to like crush people's sternums and stuff like with like these dangerous obstacles like they're all very uh doable if you will I'm all for that. I love the speed courses. I'm all about the speed courses. I like, and and we've said this about Spartan before, is I've always thought Spartan should be mandatory completion because the obstacles are not yeah. terribly difficult. So it's a good, it's a good situation to have it. So I think that's a great plan. I like, I like the fast. I like the speed, you know? Yeah. And uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully we can catch some people up on some obstacles, you know, maybe, maybe I can pass Bethany on the rig. <laughs> <laughs> depends on what we're racing dave the two hour or the 3k oh yeah it's just a 3k two hours <laughs> you, you you can do both as well like we structured the day because no, like, I can. we know like a lot <laughs> yeah you can so like a lot of people are doing the 3k to like scope out the course to like then go and like really give her in the two hour challenge as well so like yeah a lot of people are do, doing both um and we'll allow um race day registrations for those as well if people say i have a feeling if anyone does the 3k they're going to be like okay i want to do the indoor now so we kind of made it that way so like the first heat of the day is a 3k competitive then we do the fun run then we actually have a first responders heat as well um because uh, we've got a lot of like local first responders up here and theirs is a little spicier they have to do the whole course with an extra 20 pounds with them um, and then we have the two hour indoor challenge after to, to end the day so so you can do both there you go Beth. I think we should throw in 20 pound weight <laughs> and that'd make it a fair race so tell us about the camping What's yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, exactly, Beth. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, for the camping, yeah, so we, we have two kind of options. So we have, like, our glamping sites that are, like, um, they're further on the property, and they're a little more private, um, and they're, like, nice glamping tents on platforms, and they're kind of by the pond. And then we also have the, the athletes' camp, um, which is just going to be kind of like a big cleared area with individual spaces um, that can accommodate up to four people per campsite. But we kind of want to make it like as much as it's like we've made this awesome course and like we really want to host this amazing uh, obstacle course race. We also just want to have like an epic like hanging party afterwards because like we got missing you're not just gonna hang out in the festival area so um we want people to come race and then like stay camp have an epic fire you know just have some barbecue some hangs and stay at night and like enjoy this like beautiful area where we live because like it's so quiet and beautiful at night so i'm really hoping it's a nice night historically for the last like six years it's been like a perfect day on september 10th up here so i'm hoping that continues 
Well, I'm all for it. I just need somewhere to park my van and then I'm good. That's that's, that's all I yeah. need. You know? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be plugins. I think we're not going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not any for official renting, but if you know <laughs> the right people, you might be able to get <laughs> to run our, our giant Wait. powered air conditioner. <laughs> Yeah, well, we actually have like we have a an RV that we renovated because when we were renovating the house, we were like it wasn't ready to live in, but we had decided to move up here anyway. So we were actually living in an RV for like the first month that we lived up here. So we actually have like a big plug thing in our on the side of our house for the RV. I think if I was like in an RV for months, they'd probably never get me out. I would just say, screw it. The house is fine. I'm just staying in like my RV. I don't, I don't need no house. <laughs> you know what? It was pretty ridiculous too because like for my birthday, Mitch had got me like 11 chickens and like we, like they lived with us in the RV like for <laughs> the first month. Like, cause like we, no, but like we built a, a chick while we were building the chicken coop. So they're probably in the RV with us for like a week, but like they're like in a tiny box because they're like little baby like I was like <laughs> my life now <laughs> living in an RV with chickens but it was it was it was fine so will there be fresh eggs the morning of the race then like for everyone because that only makes sense so yes so not the morning of the race but the following morning for the people who are uh staying the night um we are going to be having a pancake breakfast the following morning with the move their homestead maple syrup because we have a bunch of maple trees here so we make maple syrup so we're gonna have that and we'll probably cook up a bunch of eggs too but the day of the race we're gonna have our, our local butcher shop milligan meat uh they're gonna be here cooking up barbecue stuff for them they're amazing wow so i'm tempted to just come to eat <laughs> I might not yeah. wait. I might just sit there and camp and eat. Yeah, honestly, that's why we train to eat more. <laughs> so the night before, can people stay the night before? For example, like for for you know us, we're going to be traveling yeah. a few hours, so it's tough to do in the morning. And what time? Do you, what time is the race slated to go off? Yeah, so for that reason, the first heat of the day is at 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, so anyone who does want to leave in the morning, like, could theoretically do it at, like, a somewhat reasonable hour. But we definitely are opening up the camping on the Friday night. Um, we'll have all the washrooms here. Uh, they're slated to arrive Thursday, so... Um, the camping will be available Friday night and Saturday night for anyone who wants to come the night before. That's perfect. Perfect. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Like, so why, you know, I mean, you've been through the grind, you've seen all this, you know, it's not easy to host one of these races <laughs> Yeah. before you undertook this. So why'd you decide to do it? Um, uh, I don't, cause I love it so much because it is hard do and I, for that reason i feel like less people are doing it um it's also like i i really enjoy it like i really especially being out here, like when we saw the project oh my god the opportunities are endless like we could do so much on this land and it's so beautiful and like I didn't want to move up here and like become a hermit and like just enjoy it as much as I do love being up here alone with Mitch and our dog Archie and our chickens and now our baby um I want to invite everyone to like come up here and like enjoy the nature and like train out here with us like that's like the it's like a dream come true <laughs> so as much as it is a lot of hard work and I'm sure I'll be like cursing myself like the days leading up to the race um I just like I really obstacle course racing like legitimately like changed my life for the better and like if I can have the opportunity to expose other people to like that type of experience like being outdoors and like challenging yourself and being surrounded by OCR people because like you guys are like the, the 
salts as well the earth like OCR people are so friendly and kind and hardcore but like just like also so down to earth so it's just like yeah it's uh I don't know I guess because I think it's worth it that's awesome that's probably the best reason like that (laughs) I I mean that's kind of why we do this except you know well we're not good people really we just do it for (laughs) (laughs) you are you definitely are but yeah it sounds really good and really exciting how and i know you were saying that and you had your posted so how many obstacles are you figuring for the 3k i think like so like official obstacles i think there's going to be like probably 12 um in the end but there are a lot of like natural obstacles that were just like like we had that a directo a while back i don't know if you guys like heard about it but like our trails just got like decimated like trees were down everywhere so it took forever to clean them up and some of the bigger ones like we just left them there and so you're gonna have to be like going over and under some of the bigger ones because we're just like we're just gonna leave them it's gonna be an obstacle so it is kind of like in some areas like like yeah you can't even like walk through and we're never gonna get to clean them up because it was just like absolutely destroyed which is kind of heartbreaking, but it's also like that's nature. So all those like natural obstacles, like we're not counting them as obstacles. They're just like part of the trail that you have to go through. Um, so there's going to be, yeah, 11, maybe 12 official like obstacles. That's still like one, like it's like one every 300 meters. Yeah. But they're not quite spread out that way. There is like no. one like longer, longer stretch of like straight running where people are going to be like, give me an obstacle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, I think it's a good amount of obstacles in that length of course. That's awesome. And so like, this isn't a one-off, right? You're planning to keep doing this. You're going to expand. You're going to invite us up to build obstacles sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, this is the first of hopefully very many. And uh, we've got a lot of ideas for different types of events to host up here. Um, and then, yeah, series would be nice. It is absolutely, like I mentioned earlier, because we're part of the Bon Echo Snowmobile Loop, um, the OSFC grooms our trails in the wintertime. So, like, an, a, a winter a properly done winter OCR is like something I wanted to do for a long time. So um, we'd love to host one like every season because every season up here looks completely different. Uh, I think fall when the race is going to be happening is one of the best seasons, but I say that every season. I'm like, oh my God, this is the best season. This is the best season. So I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it's going to be the first of, of many and, you know, we're building some infrastructures and some obstacles and stuff and it's just going to keep getting like bigger and better um we have the opportunity to build so many more trails um but it's just kind of been mitch and i and his family like building these trails so it takes some some time but like we there's so much opportunity so we're looking forward to hosting more events in the future well, I think, I mean, we've said it before, like OCR in, in general since COVID and, and especially in Canada has has struggled a bit to, to regain its feet. And we've said, I, I believe that this is the kind of thing exactly what we need is because we just needed some crazy person with a little bit of land to get nuts and build some <laughs> shit so that we can all go to. But yeah, because financially to to be able to to host one of these, I mean, the traveling roadshow is very expensive to do. Whereas mm-hmm. this can slowly improve and slowly improve and build and build and build. And I think it's exactly what the sport needs right now. And I really appreciate you doing something. Like, we are very excited about it. Can't wait to take part. Can't wait to see a lot of people. Um, hopefully, you know, maybe maybe see Bethany, maybe do some some damage out there. I mean, I, yeah, would, for sure. I, would win it. I would win it, like, handily, but I'm just not like that right now, you know. So Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Next time. Maybe. For sure. More <laughs> enjoying the trails right now and, uh, you know what though like don't count yourself out there's a few there's a few like really fast guys that have signed up so far but um 
I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's like one of those trails where if you just decide you're going to hammer it and go really hard and like want it. Yeah, unless they break up past your ability. <laughs> unless they break up the Spartan wrestling, I think I'm out of the out of the loop. But I will enjoy <laughs> chasing them as best I can. But yeah, uh, no, we're not doing any wrestling, unfortunately. Good. <laughs> Maybe after, maybe after in the festival area or the after yeah. camp. <laughs> you drinks by the bonfire, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. That's usually yeah. Right. Awesome. But, well, maybe I'll have to include that in the waiver just to <laughs> make sure we're not liable for any post-race wrestling injuries. I haven't specified that. Awesome. Well, I'm very excited. We can't wait to do it. Um, Beth, do you have anything more for Silly? No, yeah, just again, congrats to you and Mitch on the birth of Bo, and we really look forward to coming out and doing your race, Sylvie. So anyone that can make it, check it out. North of Seven is the name of it. It's happening September 10th, I believe, right? Yep. And we made you guys an, a, a promo code as well. So, um, yeah, so OFX, um, 15% off of registration for any of the heat perfect that's awesome sylvia fantastic and everybody out there honestly we say we need more races we say we need more local stuff so put your money where your mouth is jump on support and let's get out there and have a great time and volunteer too i'm sure you need volunteers yes we will take all the volunteers well we're actually pretty lucky so i'm part of the volunteer fire department up here um so we're actually getting some volunteers from them and like we have so many neighbors that are just like think it's so neat like they're like what are you guys doing like you see us like putting up a rig and stuff like that and they're like <laughs> what is going on over there and they just think it's so cool that we're like doing this where like I think that's great too because they so easily could have been like oh what are these guys doing coming doing these events and getting all these people in their quiet little neighborhood but they just are like wow that sounds so cool like can we volunteer so there's going to be lots of really cute friendly local people volunteering hopefully so uh but yes of course we will take any volunteers that want to volunteer awesome well we can't wait silly thank you so much and yeah uh, september 10th yeah we're pumped to see you i'm so excited to see you guys i feel like it's been forever 